I want to know who named it Monkey Wrench. Like the the actual tool. Yeah. I'm curious about the tool. That was like always a weird, like, oh, who named the actual tool tool. Monkey Wrench? I wonder. Like, what the hell? Like, what? Is it because, like, I guess, I don't know, do monkeys have, like, insane grip? Probably. You know, because they can, like, swing from trees and shit. There are a lot of different types of monkeys. True, I'm, yeah. gen- I'm generalizing. <laughs> They'd be mad if you... Yeah, I'm generalizing. Hold on. Ooh, like right off the bat. I always like their guitar sounds. Yeah, yeah. They, w- they walk that line between metal and punk. They like do. hard rock and yeah. punk. Like the Foo Fighters could almost be a pop punk band, but the chordal structure is a little less major. Yeah. So, so snare drum sounds amazing. It does. I was going to say that. <laughs> I was going to say that. And like, I've noticed this hi-hat stuff is kind of cool. And these girls. And there are some of those. Are those just harmonics? They, yeah. They're not yeah. pinch harmonics. No. They might not even be natural harmonics. Right. Yeah. Man, I I really like old school Foo Fighters, man. We were the right age, too. I yeah. think that has a lot to do with it. Um, and maybe they were the right age as well. You're right. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. This album, Color in the Shape, is awesome. I yeah. used to listen to this one all the time. And then what's the one with the heart? Oh, yeah. The, um, one after all, another? Is it one by one? One by one. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a cool guitar riff, too. Like, yeah. Oh, this is the infamous drop detuning. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I know. Love it. Talk about it on every few podcasts, and I'm always like, it's the best. Like, Imagine if in your industry something that was really hard to do became really easy, All like whatever sudden. it is, like surgery. Oh, yeah, I just whack this guy with a hammer, and, it's, <laughs> and he's fixed. <laughs> That's drop detuning. <laughs> it's like really cool panning on the guitars. Yeah. I feel like guitar panning was really aggressive at this point. Definitely. But that's great. I think aggressive panning is fun. <laughs> Aggressive panning for aggressive music. Does the mixing technique usually kind of blend with like the style of music? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. There's definitely precedent. Yeah, like in metal music, it's so, the playing is so precise. It is. I imagine that the engineering and mixing has to be too. Extremely. Yeah, a lot of automation. You don't get to just be like, oh, just let this reverb yeah, no, run. Nope. 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 <laughs> That's cool. It's fun when there's like synchronicity amongst like the fields. It's like, oh, aggressive music, aggressive mixing, yeah. aggressive marketing. Right. We're not really as complicated as we think we are. No, definitely not. <laughs> we got to get to this part, this like screamy part coming up. It's like one of the most iconic great pick slides there. Iconic day for all. <laughs> There ain't a breath in there for sure. No. And he's, he ends it with a big one. Awesome. Yeah, we gotta talk about some screaming too. Welcome to Listen to This, a podcast in which we explore songs we like. We research what they mean, how they were recorded, why they were written, why we like them, and why you should listen to this. Today's track is Monkey Wrench by Enduring Rock Titans. The Foo Fighters. Yeah. What a, what a great band. I feel like they hung around so much longer than I expected them to. I know. They like might be the most popular 
rock band in the world at the moment that like still kind of puts out records probably yeah yeah, yeah. this uh, this song was released on april 28th 1997 and was the lead single from the foo's second album titled the color and the shape color spelled british style Ooh. Yeah, O U R, exactly. It, make, it makes their music sound yeah, more sophisticated, yeah, you're right? right? Like, now you're thinking about it differently. Yeah, you're I like, am, oh, I D- am. David Grohl. Right. <laughs> the song was a top 10 single in the US and became one of the group's signature songs. They usually end a lot of their performances with it, which right. makes sense. Um, it was written by Dave Grohl, Nate Mendel, and Pat Smear and was produced by Gil Norton. And it was recorded at Grandmaster Recorders in Hollywood, California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know about that place? No, but um, so there's a studio here in Atlanta called Parhelion Studios. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys that used to, you know, be a partner down there, um, his name is Ryan Bosch. And he was one of the guys who was an assistant on these sessions. Oh, that's so cool. So they had like a plaque of food. He had like a Foo Fighters plaque. And in one of the songs, um, oh, I can't remember what song. It's one of the really famous songs mm-hmm. where it goes into a breakdown. And Dave Grohl's like telling the story. Oh yeah, the song Everlong. Everlong, right? Yeah. That's so the a... story is actually Ryan Bosch's story. Oh, about, that's I think crazy. About, about his dad or something. Does he get some royalties? <laughs> I never asked. Never asked. <laughs> It'd be a weird question to ask, but it's something that you want to know. But it was interesting, yeah. and I found out about this because um, you know it's like really popular um, online to find like oh like listen to Foo Fighters um, Everlong and hear the guy that produced yeah, yeah. it talk about it. And it got to that part of the song, and the guy was talking about it. He goes, oh, yeah, I remember, like, you know, the assistant, Ryan, he's one of our engineers, and he told the story to Dave, who thought it was so funny that they put it in the song. Oh, that's I was so like, funny. Like, I know this guy. He's, like, down the street right now. <laughs> that's so cool, It's so dude. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for Well, good for that dude for coming out here. Yeah, so that's how I know about, like, you know, grand recordings and all that stuff, you know. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, because when I mentioned it, you were like, your eyes lit up, and I was like, Grandmaster Recordings. I was like, I only know about Scotty Too Hotty recorders. Oh, wow. Was <laughs> yeah, that like, really? I was, oh, man. <laughs> I was such a big Scotty Too Hotty really? fan. Really? I was Rikishi, of course. Because they were together. Yeah. Like, they yeah, would come too out cool, together. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. With Grandmaster exactly. Sex Ed. Right. Easy from Scotty Too Hotty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of the lyrics to Monkey Wrench, Dave Grohl has said the song is... Quote, about realizing that you are the source of all the problems in a relationship and you love the other person so much, you want to free them of the problem, which is actually yourself. End quote. It's dark. Yeah. But I I understand. Yeah. There are a lot lot of situations in my life that that I've been a part of. And for whatever reason, like me and the person, whether it's a relationship or like a musical thing, me and the other person, we're not really making the progress that we both want to make. Right. And then usually like I just, I realize I'm the one, like- not that I'm the source of the problem, but I'm not making it any better. Right. So it's like, for whatever reason, this isn't working out. And you just, you want to separate even to help the other person. So I kind of understand what this song's about. So next time anyone has to break up with someone, just play the monkey wrench? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, just throw a monkey wrench at their fucking right. face. Dude, I had to ask, like, what do you use a monkey wrench for? I don't know. Is that the one with the, th- the thing with, yeah, your, yeah. with your uh, thumb? Yeah. You, Maybe yeah. they call it a monkey wrench because of opposable thumbs. Interesting. Maybe because we yeah before this we were talking about we we're like why do they call it a monkey wrench? Huh. But yeah, <laughs> the drum track on Monkey Wrench is played by Dave Grohl. No shit. Uh, yeah, as well as the guitar and the vocals. Yeah. So pretty amazing. But was dude in the band no, Hawkins? No, Taylor Hawkins. Hawkins yeah. I think is his name, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, either that or he. Taylor Hawkins is the name of like a great three point specialist in like early nineties Indiana gonna, dude, Pacers. I was gonna say Colorado Rockies. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> Taylor Hawkins. It's like he hits. He almost hits four hundred every year. But like, is it just the altitude? Right, we right, don't know. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Dave Grohl played all this, all these fucking instruments. Um, 
since Grohl was primarily a drummer, obviously yeah, yeah. he played drums for Nirvana right. and for like DC punk bands. That's like how he got yeah. his start, which was kind of like the punk influence of the Foo Fighters. What do you think a drummer brings to guitar and vocals that is kind of like unique to their approach? They, you know, when a drummer's playing drums, they're not thinking about notes. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is like a good transition to talk about like the guitar being a vessel of just not harmonic content, yeah. but just sound. Well, it's crazy. I, that's another thing that I was going to talk to you about is there are a lot of guitar sounds on here. So right. things like pick slides, artificial harmonics, right. even like a bending of strings, I would consider like a guitar sound. Definitely. And like, like what are some of your favorites, first of all? I think, oh man, I'm, I'm fucking sucker for artificial harmonics. Yeah, I think bending a string is mm -hmm. is a uniquely guitar thing. Yeah, because you can't do it on a piano. Even no. though there are strings, like I guess you could get inside and bend one, but it seems impossible to you do. Can't it. really like, do it on like cellos or yeah. violins or anything like that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's uniquely a guitar trick. Yeah, it's a great one. I love a pick slide too because it just contains so much fucking audio energy. Yeah, you know like, what I why mean? do we? Why do we as humans react so yeah. like do the pick slide again? You're I, just like, I think because like music. <laughs> is when we talk about music we in like theory and like composition the art of composition like we're talking about these abstract concepts which we call notes like right. that's just like what we assign to them in our right. head right but like notes are not the same you know a g played on a bass is different than a g played on a guitar and a g played on a bass today is different from a g played on a bass in five minutes from that first g right so i think like with guitar sounds, what's fun about them is they sort of like free up this I, this space in music where it's like you're just making noise. Noise. And that's and like really when it comes down to it, what is music? It's just noise. Yeah. And it's like we th like because of our education system, I think that's why we like talk about music as like notes because you can't it's really it, you can't codify like a pick slide. Yeah. Like we can in terms of rhythm, right? Oh, it lasts like four sixteenth notes or whatever. Right, right. But we can't like explain it. So we're just like, oh, notes. Yeah, like I, I'm, <laughs> like yeah, like the way you'd explain it is like a guy takes a piece of plastic yeah. and scrapes it against a nickel wound string. Yeah, exactly. And it's like for some reason that resonant on this pickup like creates an, an uh, information and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But yeah, it's crazy. Like I think like as musicians, we as we become better at music, we sort of forget that like it's about making sounds that right. excite or right. thrill or make right. people think. We're just like, what can I do in terms of like the notes to make this shit happen? Right. But like, you know, guitar is like a, it has a unique sound to it. And I think when you explore the properties that make something unique, like that's where you're really like making art. Yeah. So like, I love pick slides and yeah. artificial harmonics and yeah. pinch harmonics. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. That was always like the sign of like, oh sh in like sophomore year of high school, oh, yeah. you're like, oh shit, Jeff's a great guitar player. Like, did you hear him do the pinch harmonics for Zach Wilde's Stillborn? Yeah. Or that Coheed and Cambria song. Oh, yeah. Welcome, Welcome home. home. Yeah. But then the next level is like, okay, there's the kid that can do the pinch harmonics. Then yeah. there was like that phase during like junior and senior mm -hmm. year of like, oh, he can sweet pick. Sweet picking is another one of these things. Yeah. Like, oh, he listens to a lot of children about him. Yeah. He looks sweet picks. Never mind that I've never seen any one of my friends like sweet pick properly it's hard yeah i think it's really hard i tried hard. it on a bass like twice i was like fuck this <laughs> i'm done <laughs> um like another thing i want to talk about with this song is that bridge with the screaming yeah so it was recorded in one single breath wow which makes it basically impossible to perform live yeah um I, he probably had to do a few takes and really just had to get it right one one time the yeah. magic i was gonna ask like 
like what's like what's recording a screamer like because microphones are kind of sensitive and like they're not you know like what's it like to record and mix somebody who's just fucking blasting their voice into a microphone it's pretty fun as someone who's like recorded a lot of like screaming vocals yeah you normally you know you don't really sometimes use a mic that you would normally use like on a normal vocalist mm-hmm. like you're not going to put up like maybe a u87 if someone's yeah. gonna fucking like scream into it but you use Regular dynamic microphones. Mm-hmm. The most famous microphone used for like really hardcore screaming vocals is that Michael Jackson microphone. The SM7. The SM7. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can like literally beat that thing up. And you can put it on a snare drum. You can put it on yeah. a hi-hat. You can use it on guitar amps. So it can definitely take someone yelling into it. But like you know? mixing it, what's it like too? Because like how it's do you, hard. Yeah, because like it, screams are not consistent and they're weird. Yeah. yeah, they take up a lot of space. They take up a lot of harmonic room because – when you scream, it's different from singing. When you sing, you sing a note, and there are like different harmonics in that note. Yeah. But you mainly hear that main note. When you're screaming, it really doesn't have a note. It's just harmonic content. Just like in guitars, like when you just like bang the guitar or do a pick slide. Yeah, it sounds crazy. It's the same thing. Like there's it's it's just noise and sound. Yeah. And so when you're trying to mix that into a song, it can be difficult to find the right space for it. So cool that we're like arriving at this thing with the song and the Foo Fighters where like they just kind of understand the audio energy of like rock and roll. And like, you know, maybe there are bands that the reason they've lasted for so long is because they really accentuate those things as opposed to just like trying to make the notes sound more interesting. Well, I mean, if you think about even like Dave Grohl's pedigree, like making records with Nirvana, which honestly changed the scape of rock music yeah and popular like, music and popular as well music in general like it's like nirvana was more of like a loud trash band like just yeah. making noise we're like that time like what nevermind came out in either 90 or 91 maybe yeah, yeah. it's like in the late 80s it was like guns and roses guns and roses poison and yeah. like whitney houston maybe very different <laughs> yeah but it's like and now i think just he grew up and was very young making those records with butch vig and all yeah. that who was in a band, I think, called Trash. Garbage. Garbage, yeah. 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 He, he got to work with Butch Vig and Steve Albini on those. Yeah. Nirvana, and it's like, that's a pretty, Dude. it's a dream team right there. Yeah, yeah, they're like the fathers of, you know, trash sound. <laughs> and it's like, I think that leaks into the Foo Fighters yeah. more so back then than it does now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't really, really listened to a lot of their new music. I've, I'm about to give it a give it a shot. Yeah, though. like, it's cool. It's kind of dad rock now. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm getting there in yeah. age. I mean, Not all, in kid-wise. Yeah, but. I mean, they're all, like, grown men with family. So <laughs> I get it. Like, it sounds incredible. Like, they obviously are, like, recording, like, the nicest studios. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? I wanted to uh, end this podcast by asking you some something kind of weird. But yeah. I think I want to have fun with this. It's like Dave Grohl, lead singer of the Foo Fighters, played drums in Nirvana, also drums in Queens, the Queens of Stone Age, Age yeah. right? And this is a, a big fact for everyone out here. He's the drummer for Tenacious D. Oh, Tenacious motherfucking right, you're D. Right, right, right. Um, he's been like a really positive ambassador of like the personality of rock and roll. Yeah, like he's somebody who seems really legit as a rocker. Yeah, but like people like him yeah and i was just gonna ask you like what do you think are like the main tenets and attributes of rock and roll yeah. as like personalities weird Man, question yeah like i and i, I have a couple thoughts on this oh nice yeah because like <laughs> you know dave Grohl like straddles the line perfectly between an angsty rock star mm-hmm. and someone who can be like a political like not a political but a public figure yeah he he yeah. seems presentable presentable but all the while being true edge. to himself yeah, yeah he still has an edge to him 
where like growing up in like the seventies and eighties and even the nineties, like your if your kid wanted to be a rock star, like that was bad because rock was a little too edgy. Yeah, yeah. Like Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue is just a little. It just makes you think of Jim Morrison doing a bunch of acid yeah. and like pretending he's a Native American or whatever. Yeah, it is. and then <laughs> it's weird. And then you got into the two thousands. And rock got really soft. Yeah. We're like, you know, rock stars were like driving Priuses and like helping the environment. And right. It was less edgy and kids didn't re- – like kids wanted the more <laughs> yeah. edgy, you know, rock. And, it's, and I think that's a lot of why rap got so popular because yeah. rap became more edgy It than sort of rock. filled that angst it, like yeah. that. Like what the fuck am I doing here? Exactly. Kind and of I, vibe. And I think Dave Grohl has been able to straddle yeah. the line of like modern politically correctness but also – I think he can turn on the switch and get really crazy. That's really cool, man. I never really thought about that because I'm always like wondering, like Dave Grohl is like so legit, but people like him. Like, how do you do that? It's like I always am amazed by people who like are pushing art in a, a direction that's like not for everyone, but yeah. people still respect it. I'm like, yeah. oh, good for him. You can still like be have angst and and be rock and not like do heroin in elevators. Yeah, it's hard. We got yeah. we got to teach some people. That. <laughs> yeah, like. <you> know. <laughs> Thanks so much, y'all, for listening to this podcast. Please spread the word about this podcast in real life. We're on Instagram, Patreon. We also have a playlist on Spotify with all the songs and episodes from season one and season two. We do like 50 episodes per season, so we got a lot up there. Really, come in, come come home to listen to this and come listen to us. Yeah. Let us know how we're doing, what songs you want us to do episodes about. Thanks a lot for listening to this. 